Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are discussing New Gods number seven, The Pact. Amir, what'd you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, this is of the of this whole story run. You know, this is one of the best issues, um, and uh, some biblical uh, biblical stuff that might be beyond my knowledge about about religion and Bible. But uh, would love to kind of dig into it. Yeah, to me, this was really the strongest issue so far in just building this amazing Kirby mythology. There's just so much going on here from like his terror. You can really see the terror after World War II and the atomic bomb. You could see uh, Kirby's building mythology. You could see so much in this. Um, you could see the changing of the guard. Uh, if you know old gods and new gods, the way they operated, really interesting stuff. So let's start by talking about Isaiah, since the book opens with Isaiah and his wife, Avia or Avia, mm-hmm. sitting together in this beautiful pastoral scene, obviously in love. It's obviously a much younger Isaiah who we soon find out, or eventually find out is high father in the later issues. And then their world is completely destroyed by the war falling upon them. Mm-hmm. And I just thought these few, first few pages were so powerful because it really is like, you could see Kirby sharing his thoughts about World War II here. There's peaceful countries just living, living their lives content and all of a sudden, literally the dogs of war are upon them. I, I, these first few pages are so dramatic and so Kirby-like, they really set the stage for what we're gonna see further on. It's pretty amazing. And um, I, I just right off the bat, you see con- the conniving, the dark side, you know, taking the effect, you know, how he tricks, he's smart, but he doesn't take in partake in the war. He lets other people kill each other. Yeah, we, we, we got to talk about that in a little bit because dark side is so interesting in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really see his childhood and the fact that he was conniving from the very beginning of his life. Um, what the sequence that ends the or the scene that ends the sequence where he Avia no Steppenwolf kills Avia mm-hmm. and then Darkseid tries to kill Highfather or Isaiah just ba- basically laying in the weeds just, mm-hmm. just hanging out there and waiting for the battle to come his way. Do you think that he tried to kill him or he kept him alive so he would kill his uncle? I think he. You're right. I'm not sure. Well, he says on page seven, and now these two are joined in death. So I, I guess I, th- yeah. I think he was trying to kill Isaiah. Oh, okay. I thought he might have just said, um, like he said, like, because there's a point where Steppenwolf says, uh, wait, so you have uh, somebody working with you that deals with life, but then they, they create something that kills? That doesn't make sense or something like that, but that's interesting. I thought I thought that this was a whole plan by Darkseid to keep Isaiah alive so that Isaiah would later on start the war with uh, Apocalypse and then which would lead to his uncle dying in war. 
Oh, I think that's a really interesting idea because that really is dark side playing the long game. Yeah, I feel like that that's what it was. I mean, we haven't gone to this part yet, but there's a part where, you know, uh, Steppenwolves goes back to war with, you know, with New Genesis and, you know, mm -hmm. they he battles uh, Isaiah in his new warrior uniform. And then while he's going to war, he's all like, you know, that humble dark side, he let me lead the army. He would, you know, he's kind of like, oh, what a, what a nice kid. You know, he lets me be the leader, whereas I'm like, he's actually sending him to die. Yeah, well, it, you're skipping ahead to pages nine and ten, but I think that's a really interesting sequence yeah, because we see Darkseid being subservient to his mother. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that because we're talking about this character who's a central character in the drama who, you know, we're used to seeing as a stone-faced fighter, but we see him playing this interesting political game on pages 10 and 11. Can I right. also, I think I have a comment here in my, no, 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 actually we're going to get to it. I do have a comment though. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Because Hegra, his mom, is just this horrible creature. Mm -hmm. She's just this nasty, vicious, animalistic, mm -hmm. just, just someone who you would never want to spend a minute with. And Darkseid is clearly, clearly hates her and is playing this game with her. Yeah where um, like he really is kind of bowing to her, but he's really using her as a way of getting this, the space mm -hmm. to create this kind of magical block. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just saying, I'm calling it the X element as, as Metron calls it. Oh yeah, well, the, I have page nine. I don't know if we're on the same page, but on page yeah. nine, there's a part where small metal bot, he's all like, dark side talks about making use of technology yeah, Which a is, small think, metal block, sire. You see, I spend time with our technicians. Yeah, and I think that that's the sign that these are the new gods. The old gods are magic and like you know, whatever they are, mm -hmm. and uh, celestialness or whatever. And then these new gods make use of technology. I mean, you see it all over the place with Dark Side, with Metron, you know, with you know, new Genesis, we'll see, obviously we've seen it with the boom box and Orion. So it's, it's just kind of, and then, yeah, we can, and then, sorry, just jump. I know I interrupted you, but jumping into page 10 and 11, Metron has no moral compass. He bows to the evil lady, as you mentioned, like the despicable, scary queen. Mm -hmm. And he basically bows to Darkseid so he can have that science knowledge. Because all he cares about is the science because he is the, the truest member of the new gods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because all he cares about is possessing the X factor. Yeah. Having the unobtainable element as he calls it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he'll bow to Hegra who's just the, the worst. Mm -hmm. in order to get what he wants and needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's an insight that Kirby really calls out in this issue is the difference between the old gods and the new gods is the technology. Mm -hmm. And yeah. specifically that it's technology and not, you know, whatever godlike stuff is in their spirits, right? Hegra's more physical, right? She's in, in her body. 
she's eating and drinking and laughing and she's very kind of wild. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly, Tigra is like that too when we meet her a little later on. It's also like the political side of it too, if you really think about it. Dark side is really Machiavellian, as you can mm -hmm. see in this here. Like he's like, Oh, uncle, what'd you do? Like when his uncle kills Avia. Oh, what'd you do? Oh my god, like you're not supposed to kill her. You know, he lets his uncle go to war. Like it's very Machiavellian. He plans this whole thing out. He doesn't kill Isaiah, so Isaiah would come back and kill his uncle. And so it's just really the new type of politics that's happening too which you know i know a little bit about you know machiavelli but i think before machiavelli's like you know whatever the book that he wrote i think the politics was like you just were up front you'd say like yeah i hate you and i'm gonna kill you and we hate <laughs> you guys and we're gonna and they're totally upfront and honest about it whereas in machiavellian it's always like smile to your face and stab you in the back and so the changes that are coming is interesting to me. Yeah, he's even so Machiavellian, so manipulative that he knew from the time Orion was born that he was going to be used to as, as a tool for peace, but not really for peace, but to delay war so he had more time yeah. to prepare. And also, uh, you know, that the baby that's, that he's going to get, he had planned it that when that baby runs away, it's going to break the con. Anyways, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, Darkseid is always not just two steps ahead, but he's five steps ahead. He's, that's a long time. I mean, let's, let's, I want let's talk about that when we get to it, but that's a lot okay. of years of planning. That's a long time to wait for your plan to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. All right, should we go on to the next page? 12. Okay. I wanted to say one thing that really uh, stood out on this one. I love those, um, the dinosaur machines or the dragon tanks of apocalypse the dragon tanks that totally reminds me of transformers like, <laughs> right it hit me like right on the head like oh my god like yet another popular mainstream cultural item that probably took a little bit something away from kirby so i just i just realized too the sound they make is crackle yeah I wonder if that's where the term Kirby Crackle came from. Yeah. But that's uh, that's an incredible uh, panel, isn't it? I would love to have that art. Yeah, I'd like to see you draw it and get your insights into uh, how Kirby created the scene. Oh, um, I, that'd be fun. I'm going to go check out and see. I may find, I, I think this, this issue is in the artist edition. So I may want to kind of take a look at it. Um, but I loved it. I loved uh and there's death in here too. They'll show like one of the new Genesis folks burnt to crisp. This yeah, that page twelve. Good. That page twelve is amazing yeah. because you see the dragon tanks, uh, and they look enormous. But then he shows how enormous they are by seeing by showing people from New Genesis nearly getting crushed under the wheels. The wheels look like they look like they're twenty five feet tall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So these tanks have got to be like two or three hundred feet tall. Yeah, it's incredible. I love it. I mean, Transformers, I, I just like, I was like, man, Kirby. And uh, Master of the Universe, it reminds me like the guy has a sword, you know, it's crazy, mm -hmm. crazy, amazing, beautiful art. And, and here's Kirby being ridiculously creative, too. He's just throwing in all these ideas, you know, uh -huh. the dragon tanks and then the destructo poles. 
don't know how that destructor pole works that the new Genesis guy is holding, but um, it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you're right, the last panel where we see the guy killed uh, is just just spectacular. It's just breathtaking. That destructor pole, that looks like something out of MC Escher, too. You see, it's kind of like the physics of it is a little weird to me. But you're it, right, I mean, yeah. This whole page is just so full of power. It's so Kirby-like. Kirby yeah. I bet you he was looking at MC Escher, too. And then it just gets bigger. So then Steppenwolf comes through with his dogs of war. I love dogs of war. Mm -hmm. Only Kirby would actually draw the dogs of war. Mm -hmm. Who actually wear gauntlets around their paws, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then the, I mean, I mean it, the, this whole battle just grows and grows in a way that you feel like you're dragged into it. You're, you're drawn into this just cosmic event that's overwhelming you. Didn't you feel kind of overwhelmed by it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a lot. I mean, the viciousness of Steppenwolf, the dogs coming to fight, you know, especially like the top panel on page 13 when they're charging right at you and he's screaming, cut down the enemy, give no quarter. It, it, it really feels like this, again, is Kirby channeling his hatred of war, his mm -hmm. fear of war, the overwhelming feeling that he had in World War II of war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we'll actually go over that a little bit later too. The changed man from the warrior to the... So we get several pages of just pitched battle, mm -hmm. um, which uh, kind of climaxes in the top of page 15 when we see the impact of war and we see it just devastating everything around it. And your guy Metron appears Oh yeah, Metron. He he's talking about Darkseid. <laughs> Darkseid, how I want him destroyed, which is interesting. We have never seen Metron say he wants to kill Darkseid. But here we see his true feelings come through. Mm -hmm. and yet he lives, he climbs step by step. By intrigue he got war. By war he got power. By power he got Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. The I, real enemy was obscure and humble dark side. Mm -hmm. I just that that's just so interesting to me. Dark side, who you know we're used to seeing as being this intense, horrible warrior, has just systematically step by step built himself into being the most fearful person in the world. And maybe in some ways this is humble Hitler coming out of Austria. Um yeah. It's uh, it's crazy, but I was I wanted to ask you like, what do you think Metron's analog is here? Because he's still kind of neutral even after this. Like you know, we you know in the previous issues, he's still like, oh hey, I'm still like observing, I'm still science, even though he hates. Me. I mean, like I don't get that part. Like, do you think, do you think scientists kind of? Maybe he doesn't like war because it it holds back science. Is that probably what it is, or or maybe it just is never explained? That's a great question, because it. I, I guess I read it as him hating it because of the destruction it brings. But he never really showed any care for anybody's any destruction before this. 
it really is the first time we see any kind of humanity in him. That's interesting. He also says something interesting to Isaiah, which is this war is your doing, Isaiah. Can I help it if both sides want to use me? Do you think Isaiah is responsible for this war as much as Darkseid? Probably. I mean, he kept up the war. I mean, I think the next page after Isaiah and because, uh, you know, we don't know Isaiah. But, you know, that first couple of pages when Isaiah gets shot and Avia dies. We don't know who Isaiah is, so we assume he's dead. But the next page is a war. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I guess he's saying you continued the war. Maybe that's it. But I don't know if it's your, I don't know what it means. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, both I see, sides, you know, they say both sides, but both sides. Yeah. And then maybe it happens, you know, like on page eight, when they drop that massive bomb that starts the um, destruction of apocalypse. Mm. Is that, oh, that bomb is on apocalypse, huh? I didn't even catch that. That's to the power of apocalypse. Oh, right. It, it is on apocalypse. So they did drop the bombs there. Yep. He started it. Well, you know, he didn't start it, but he continued it. They both continue to escalate, and that's really what happens over the next handful of, or next page, and into the next, into page 18. Larger and larger grows the war, larger grow the god machines. Uh, An impactor the size of a planet is sent crashing into enemy captured sun. The battle gets so enormous, the war gets so enormous that the entire universe is threatened by it. Mm -hmm. How godlike is that, by the way? And I like the um, I like the techno cosmic machines. Yes, techno cosmic war produces techno cosmic machines that draw the debris of space and send it crashing down upon New Genesis. Yeah, I think there's a line where Isaiah says, you know, at least the old God destroyed each other. We're destroying everyone as well as ourselves. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in the old days, it didn't like. The gods didn't really bother with humans. They just screwed with each other, kind of. And then, you know, humans were bystanders. I guess it's the same thing. I don't know. I guess he's answering the comment Metron makes when he says, this is Darkseid's war. I'm infected by Darkseid. Mm. That's that's a great point. I think with Darkseid, too, is um, if you notice, uh, if you ever read uh, Final Crisis, Graham Morrison would say, like, it's like a word that infects people. Like, it's like despair, negativity, all the negative feelings of human beings. And so that's what, that's dark side. When we're negative or when you're depressed, when you feel like you're not good enough, that's dark side. Kind of like the devil, conniving devil type. Yeah, it's the anti-life. Yeah. It's everything that makes you motivated in life. Everything that fulfills your life Mm -hmm. is taken away. Yeah. And then I like that uh, the Moses moment, right? Isaiah's Moses moment. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. The tree, this, you know, the, the bush, the fire, this, you know, the bush on fire or the source, which is God here. Mm-hmm. That sequence from page 18 through page 20, from, the, from his emotional torture to the, his embrace of the source mm-hmm. is just so powerful and shows like such a level of both humanity and godlike transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to find out about the, the 
the meaning behind the name Isaiah? Because I know Isaiah is a biblical name too, or some type of religious, you know, uh, you know, Old Testament or something like that. So I I don't know enough about it, but it'd be interesting what that meant. And then the other thing that I was interested in is okay, so he meets the source, which I think to them is the higher power, the God, and then from page twenty to twenty one you find out that he made a pact, right? That's it. But you don't know why that source thing, is that source thing just saying like, okay, I seize fire, I, I forgive, is that what that is? He forgave Darkseid and said, let's make a pact for peace. I think what we see Isaiah go through is him saying, I can't fight you anymore because it's going to destroy everything. I have to go the other way. I have to embrace who Isaiah really is. Mm. my my true inner self and plead for peace mm-hmm. he has a true change of heart he literally sees god mm-hmm. and has a change of heart i mean in a lot of ways it makes sense that you know he brings about peace he makes a deal with quote unquote the devil dark side and really he achieves peace for at least what is it 20 30 years mm-hmm. and so that's actually it shows that with compassion and letting go and forgiveness, he actually achieves peace for a while. And then that, and even though Darkseid is conniving, I mean, I'm assuming everything is going to end up fine at the end of the world. You know, well, I haven't, we haven't read, I haven't even read that far, but, but in a lot of ways, this whole idea of finding God, letting go of, you know, your anger and for, forgiving actually sets into motion a lot of positive things that are going to happen. Orion becomes saved. He becomes a weapon of good. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I mean, this it really sets by him finding peace with the unifriend, which I also think is a really interesting phrase, the unifriend. Um, he, he's able to fill, fill the hole in his life when he, from when he lost his wife in a completely different way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we see Darkseid still scheming, still fighting, still still ready. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiger is just as much a kind of nasty piece of work as his mom is too. I almost feel like she may not be as bad, but probably, I mean, she is from, you know, Apocalypse. So. But I mean, like she's been... Wasn't she, she says she was uh, sent away, right? With her kid and mm-hmm. he didn't even want her. Like his mom made her <laughs> marry him. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. She t- she hasn't, she's, there's good reason for her to be angry. I think he kills her, right? I mean. He uh, t- has her taken away. Yeah, okay, we don't back know. Back into exile. Um, and she, she gives the prophecy which always been thought of the prophecy on page 21. It won't work, Dark Side. He'll live, he'll grow, he'll kill you. That's her son, their son, Orion. And then that's where it is, scot-free. And I, I, you know what I don't get this though? Like Isaiah gives, so next page, page 22, the pact is that they exchanged their firstborn or son or whatever, right? Is this something that a good, person would do to give up the the one part of the thing like the product of the love that you had with the woman that you loved to evil in exchange like can't you just have peace 
I mean, this is the old school. This is like, I think there are Indian fables that are like this, or in, like a religion in India, where like the two enemies exchange, to two opposite ends exchange sons. But I'm just wondering, like, is that something a good person would do? Like, give up your own son? What's the ultimate sacrifice, I guess? It is the ultimate sacrifice, yeah. I think that's the question Kirby wants us to think about, is mm -hmm. would, you, would you make this trade in order to keep peace? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fact Scott is drawn so innocently when he's a baby, whereas Ryan is drawn so violent, maybe shows that Scott can get through it all and still be true to himself. Mm -hmm. He is drugged, though. That's crazy. Drugging mm -hmm. a little kid. Yeah, it can't be more than three or four in those in mm -hmm. images. Yeah. And then we see young Orion, who's immediately just, um, just vicious and cruel and nasty and a warrior through and through. Uh, I just love the way Kirby draws him. Mm -hmm. And we see, we see the power. And then the goodness of Isaiah says, put down that weapon. I am your father. You need to take my hand. I will give you peace. So he's already starting the road to redemption. So I think it's, um, it's just really powerful to see. Basically, they say Scott Free will be probably unchanged and Orion is going to be changed. So it's signaling mm -hmm. Kirby's belief that evil can be taken away and goodness triumphs overall. Oh, yeah. And to this kind of very positive note. Yeah, I like that quote that Isaiah says, hate is no longer a word in this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a hopeful end to a good chapter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's great words for 2020, isn't it? Hate is no longer a word in this place. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a great read. Thanks so much for doing this because I've been really enjoying this, especially this one, because this does give hope, you know? I mean, it, it ends with a, something really super sad that you have to give up your loved son, but it also ends with, you know, don't see it. He stopped the war and they're going to be, um, it's going to be peace for a while at least. Mm -hmm. So it's the second issue in a row where we see near apocalypse end with this kind of hope for the future. Yeah. I want to say one other thing too. You yeah. know, I'm not a religious person. I don't really know much about any of the religions, but it does seem like the sacrifice, Scott Free, of all the people, he's the one that has the gives up a lot of the sacrifice. It's a lot like God giving up his son, like Jesus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of he's actually and by the way, this is it is a fable way before any religion. I think it's an Indian fable. Uh, he's given up his son and his son is the one that's suffering. Like he's going to go to apocalypse and get tortured every day until he's like in his twenties. And there's going to be great stuff there too. fall in love there. And yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to getting into Mr. Miracle and the redemption with uh, his I love mean, for Big Barda. It's a good one. It's a good hopeful thing to have in this time of age. I really appreciate this. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I realize right now at this moment talking about it. I know. I just can't help smiling as I think about it. Yeah. Good. 
and they could be good even though if it doesn't feel good. I think we're going to feel the same after we read The Death Wish of Terrible Turpin, too. Oh, cool. That, that's our next episode. I can't wait to talk about it with you. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Amir. Oh, thank you.